you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions Aid, the Google Ads agency. I want to talk to you about why I think Google wins the AI war. Now, first and foremost, I'm not an AI expert, unlike everybody on Twitter. However, I do have access to information that not everybody has access to, and it happens to be pertinent at the moment. So what I'd like to do is just introduce my thesis. And in order to do that, I'm going to borrow the favorite part of my keynote ever. So if you've ever seen me speak, you already kind of know all this. But if you haven't, this is going to be new to you. And what it requires us to do is examine what Google really is at its core. If you were to have to explain Google to like a baby or an alien, and you needed to tell them in a soundbite what is Google, you'd probably say Google's a search engine. And, you know, fine, sure, Google has a search engine and maybe started as a search engine or is referred to or thought of as a search engine, but that's such a myopic view of Google. Google is search, of course. And if you think about the information that's being offered to Google every time you search, it's absolutely insane. Like Google knows what you're looking for, what you're afraid of, what you're interested in learning. And this is where you kind of have to think in three dimensions. Google knows what you don't know. It knows your knowledge graph. It knows where you're ignorant. It knows your prejudices. It knows your your echo chamber and your confirmation bias. Like an unbelievable and potentially very damaging database of information is being collected on every single person who engages with Google search at any point. Think about all the things that you ask Google and then think about what those things mean. And, 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 and then extrapolate that out the way that a machine learning mechanism would be able to extrapolate out. You know, so if you're asking a question, something as benign as, hey, does missing a mortgage payment hurt my credit? Now, think about all the things that that actually could potentially mean to Google. You know, maybe you're worried about a job loss. Maybe you're worried about a potential divorce. You're clearly having money problems. And then you combine that with some of the other things that Google has access to. And those dots begin to connect and create a network of information that's used to advertise to you, to be honest with you. But that's not the only thing it's used for. And that's the point that I'm trying to make. So Google is Google search. Fine. But it's not just a search engine because it's also YouTube. It's the largest video repository on the planet. And also, by the way, the second largest search engine in existence. And because Google has YouTube, a lot like having Google search, Google has information on you on how you emote, what you want to learn, what music you listen to, where you sit politically, what pisses you off. If you're running inside of YouTube and commenting on things like Google's cataloging temperament attached to specific comments and what they might potentially mean. But it's not just YouTube, it's also Gmail. Google has the largest email utility in existence, which is also turning into one of the largest enterprise email utilities in existence. And every single email you send and receive is being read by Google. And you might say, Cosm, joke's on you. I don't use Gmail. It doesn't matter. You communicate with people that use Gmail, which means Google's cataloging the way you speak, your semantic index, the adjectives and adverbs that appeal to you the most. Every attachment that you send inside of Gmail is fair game, which means all of your taxes and tax information, massively private, like medical documents and everything that you have inside of Gmail, Google reads and then appends to your user. And you know you start to see this picture of a person being formed and it's unbelievable, but it's not just Gmail, it's also Google Apps. It's Google Drive, Google Docs, Google Photos, Google Slides, Google Sheets. Google knows your net worth. They know what your tax filing looks like. They know what your children look like. And that's what's crazy. Go to Google Photos. If you use Google Photos, it's unbelievable. And I have two children. One of them is seven years old. He's about to turn eight. And Google is able to tell me, Sammy, what Sammy looked like from birth to eight. Like it watches him grow, but it still knows. It still knows. Think about everything that you have inside of Google Drive right now. And Google uses that info. Why on earth would they give you that 
unbelievable plethora of free services, unless they're using it to catalog information about you. Google Calendar. Are you kidding me? Google knows exactly what you do, when you do it, how you do it, at what frequencies, what intervals, when it repeats. But it's not just Google Apps, it's also Google Maps. Everybody has Google in their pocket. Google knows where you go, where you live, where your kids go to school, how fast you drive. It takes 30 minutes to get from point A to point B, but you got there in 25. So you get car insurance ads. It's also Android. Google owns the largest operating system in the world. And again, you say, well, I don't use Android. I'm an iPhone user. Fine. You communicate with people that use Android. Google knows who you call, who calls you, who you text, who you ignore, what you say, what you download, what apps you're using. But it's not just Android. It's Chrome. It's a browser. Everything you've ever typed into that browser, everything you've ever logged in to, everything you've ever done when you've been logged in, if you go to your bank account, you know, and I mean, like Google gets to see all of that, but it's not just Chrome. It's also Google Analytics. Google Analytics exists on 90% of all known websites. Effectively adjusted for margin of error, it is the most prolific thing on the internet. It knows every website that you've gone to, everything you've done on those websites, how long you were there. Let's get really uncomfortable for a minute. Google knows who's in Narcotics Anonymous, who's cheating on their spouse, who's about to declare bankruptcy, who's going to get a divorce, what kind of porn you watch. Like Google knows everything. It knows everything about you, which culminates in my favorite case study, which was published in April of 2015. Google told me I'm pregnant. Google told a woman she was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant based solely off of her search and communication patterns. Moore's law says that machine computing power doubles every 18 months. So 2015 to today, like, oh my, what could Google possibly know about us now? And this is the point that I'm trying to make. And this is why I think Google wins the AI battle. AI, this is where I do everybody a disservice by through and via my ignorance. But the way that I understand it, and I've gone to school as much as a person of my limited capabilities can go to school on AI. And what's really interesting is, you know, I'm watching like every interview Sam Altman has ever done. And I've read every book, every peer-reviewed article that I can get my hands on. And what's really interesting about it is the AI developers don't know how AI works. And they've said that overtly. And enough of them have said that to where I think that's actually an accepted truth. What they've done is they've built a neural network a digitized neural network, and then they offer it inputs with trained outputs, and then they allow the neural network to learn. So the simplest, most benign example that was offered up in an interview, and I wish I could cite this, I gotta be better about cataloging all the learning I'm doing, but it was a great, great, great example, is we showed Google a bunch of images of men and women, and or not Google, excuse me, we showed the AI mechanism a bunch of images of men and women, although this actually might've been Google's barred in terms of the way that it was being trained, I don't remember. And then a human told the which when an image was a man and when an image was a woman. And over time, the machine started to be able to identify men and women, but using its own knowledge graph. So it's not a software program that says, when somebody has long hair, they're, you know what I mean? Because there's so many exceptions to the rule. Instead, it was, here's, you know, hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of images. And it, it's, oh, man, woman, man, woman, man, woman, man, 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 woman, man. And then the machine pays attention and it builds, you know, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of common denominators like cheekbones, jaw structure, the hue of the skin, height, shoulder width, etc. And then it builds its own thought process around assigning value, valence. AI's prowess 
exist upon the core premise of being trained. And up until this point, I'd love to be challenged on this, by the way. So somebody who knows better than me, please challenge on me. But up until this point, everybody in the AI game talks about, you know, ChatGPT, MidTourney, everything that OpenAI is doing, everything that Microsoft's doing with Microsoft Chat, everything that Google's doing with their four public AI products, maybe there's more now. But everything that AI does begins with the premise of having been trained first. It was, MidJourney got into a ton of trouble for this because there's like hundreds of thousands of images that they use that they didn't necessarily have the rights to use. And so then the, the question, the ethical question becomes, well, you're not plagiarizing that image per se, but you're plugging these images into a network that's using these images to learn how to create subsequent images. So where does IP begin and end? And if that's the case to be made, and I think it's a cogent case, that means that the information that's being used to train the AI is at least as of now, the most important variable. And Google has, I think without question, better information and more information on everybody. And they've been collecting it for decades. Which is crazy, that makes me feel so old to say. So there's a couple of close runners up, Apple, if you think about what Apple has from an infrastructure standpoint, they have a ton of data on you, potentially. Amazon, because of Amazon Web Services. Amazon Ecom for sure, but that's kind of like a disembodied app. Amazon Web Services and everything that it hosts, all that data ends up being accessible to them kind of via backdoor. And I don't know what that means and how much they can see your catalog, but I'm sure it's all of it, right? Like, why wouldn't it be? So OpenAI, their training has been on open source libraries, basically. It's like the, the Wikipedias of the world. When you start getting into proprietary AI with proprietary data sets, nobody's proprietary data set is better than Google's. You could combine every government on the planet and all the Big Brother Secret Watch programs and the fact that the U.S. government is cataloging every communication you and I have ever had. Nobody's done it as well or grafted as well as Google has. And you know that because you see the way that Google Ads works. And because of the way that Google Ads works, it intrinsically qualifies this storage mechanism that Google has because they've, you've seen it in practice. So in my mind, there's no way Google doesn't end up being the front runner for AI. And they didn't release first for the stated reason was, and I believe this by the way, was they wanted to be cautious about reputation basically is the way that I'm summarizing. It was a little bit more complex than that, but they didn't want to take all the AI arrows. And I think that that was a really intelligent decision. Not being first to market was a really intelligent decision in this context because they had way more to lose than what's effectively a nonprofit that's released an app that's iterative in nature. The folks behind ChatGPT could afford to be, they're young and nimble. So they could play that card. Google had way more to lose. So it looks like Google's behind, but man, I don't think that's... The... And not only is that not the case, they have the building blocks necessary to produce... The thing that I haven't said that I should have said this entire time, I've been focusing on what Google knows about you. Think about what Google just knows in general. Like Google has cataloged the internet better and more effectively than anybody else has ever cataloged the internet. The lexicon of the world's knowledge, our intellectual library, humanity's brain, that's Google's claim to fame. That's their number one unique selling proposition is they've graphed knowledge better than anybody. So I don't see a future where Google isn't a and probably the front runner in the arms race that is AI. And I'd love to be challenged on that. I'm not saying that in a petulant way. At least I hope I'm not. I'd love to know if there's something I don't know. Like, is there somebody out there that has a better or at least competitive database of information? I can't possibly think of anyone, you know, period, full stop. So keep your eyes on Google for sure, because I think they win the arms race on a long enough timeline. I'd love to know what you think. I appreciate you watching. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads Podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.